If you've read my book, The Financial Red Pill, you know that the best way to use a rewards card is to use it on purchases and bills you are already going to buy and pay for. That way, you get cash back on your normal living expenses. But what if there was a credit card that pays you cash back in crypto? Not only are you getting cash back for paying your living expenses, but you're getting it back in an asset that is appreciating and still has a long way to go before it's at its peak. Motley Fool recently conducted a study that says there are 50 million Americans that don't own Bitcoin yet, but want to. What's holding them back is knowledge and understanding. They will gain that in time. You want to get ahead of them by getting invested now and own as much Bitcoin as you can. And a great way to own more Bitcoin is to use the BlockFi credit card. It allows you to earn up to 1.5% back in Bitcoin on every purchase, no matter what you're buying or what you're paying for. BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Credit Card. See if you're pre-approved with no impact to your credit score. No annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. Earn more of the best performing asset of the last decade. Get yours today at reinventideal.com slash credit. That's reinventideal.com slash credit. Available to U.S. residents in qualified states. You're listening to Reinvent Ideal, dating and life advice for men. So you're struggling though, you need some help? The wisdom you need when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Well, we're all enjoying our day. We're going to lose 12 men to suicide today. Your weekly red pill prescription. It's a place for unguarded conversations to investigate with a council of men the riddles of life. With Cairo Copeland. Some guys have told me that they wish they had my job. They're like, oh, you're a dating coach. That must be awesome. You have to tell guys how to be real men, how to go talk to girls. You tell guys how to improve their lives and live one as awesome as yours. That must be great. Not really. Not really. I mean, it is much better than all the crap that I endured back in corporate America. It is definitely way better than that. I'll give you that. But you still are going to find something that is annoying or frustrating about any job. All jobs suck. All work is hard in some way or another. But specifically with being a dating coach or life counselor, I wouldn't say life coach, but like life counselor or whatever you want to call this here, advisor of any sort, because I went through this a lot when I was a financial advisor as well, is that you present your case to your clients of what is the correct course of action for them to do. They cannot say anything to debunk or discredit your case. They agree, hey, what you're showing me, 100% factual. Yes. But then they turn around and they do the exact opposite, or they ask how they can do the exact opposite. A great example from my old career was clients would come in and see me, the financial advisor, and ask, hey, I want to pay off my house. I got $100,000 left on the mortgage. How do I pay it off all at once? Should I pay it off all at once? And then I'd make a very compelling case not to do that, that that's a stupid move. Mathematically, it doesn't work out. And they'd see the numbers and be like, oh, okay, yeah, the numbers make sense here. But you know what? I still want to do it. So how do I do it? Well, I have something similar like that happen with me here as a dating coach is that I keep telling these guys, don't get married, not at your age. Don't live with a woman. This doesn't mean don't ever have relationships with women. This doesn't mean don't ever date women. But do not get yoked with them. 
do not lock your lives together. Because when you make yourself dependent on another human being, it's so easy for that other person to let you down. I'm not saying that they're going to, but the risk is there. The risk is high. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they can. And it's a more stress-free life when you do not have that worry anymore. So I make this case to all the guys that I coach, but still, there are guys that want to go ahead and still do it. And that is the email I have to answer this week on the program. Anonymous listener, I keep you anonymous because I don't want you to get doxxed or get in trouble at work. He writes, I've been dating the same girl for nine months now, and I think she is the best I'll ever find. Uh, pause. Number one problem there. Problem number one is you think she's the best you'll ever find. I guarantee you five years from now, you'll be dating other girls if you don't marry this one, if you don't ruin your life marrying this one. But five years from now, you'll be dating other girls and you're going to think to yourself, oh man, this girl is so much better than the one I had five years ago that I thought I was going to marry, that I thought was best for me back then. Your future partners, you haven't met them yet. You can't appreciate them for what they are right now, but you will appreciate them when you have them. And you're going to find yourself looking back on the girls that you dated now and you're going to laugh. You're going to be like, oh man, I can't believe I settled for girls like that back in those days. Have that mindset for yourself right now, guys, because I'm telling you, it's 100% true, especially if you're under 30. Right, back to the listener's email, it says... I am tired of the dating game BS and really just want to settle down. You know what? I understand that a lot of guys are tired of the games. They don't like having to always be on their game all the time. It's hard work to be the attractive man, but it's totally worth doing. I mean, the choice is always be on your game and be dating the girls that you want, living the life that you want, being on your game, or get out of the game, relax, but then not be dating the girls that you want, and have this bitchy wife, this bitchy girlfriend that's constantly making your life a living hell. You know what? I think I'll go back to just being on my game all the time. That's easier for me. Back to the listener email. I know you say don't get married and don't move in with a woman. There you go, ignoring my advice. But I don't know then what other way to settle down. Um, who says you have to settle down? I want us to have intertwined lives where we benefit from each other. Yeah, well, you know something? That's just not on the menu in America anymore, my friend. I want us to have intertwined lives where we benefit from each other and can't do without each other. I think that's special. There's the blue pill. I believe there must be an intelligent way to go about doing this and a way to make it happen without getting burned. If we thoroughly talk about things beforehand. If I can tell her about the risks I'm worried about, like divorce and getting destroyed in family court, and get assurance from her, that won't happen. I just don't know how to do that tactfully. I would think that during your time as a financial planner, you did run into some couples that were happily married or cohabitating. Can you share with me anything you noticed about what they did differently? Yeah. Yeah, first thing is don't get married young. You're far too young here. You're under 30. So don't get married. Not under 30. Maybe even 35. Think that if you're 35 years old, then it's all right to start thinking about serious relationships and exclusivity. But if you're under 35, now's not the time to be doing that. And the reason for that is that no one in their 30s is the same person they were in their 20s. I mean, hell, no one in their late 20s is the same person they were in their early 20s. And because People are prone to grow apart. They're unlikely to grow at the same rate and at the same direction at the same time, and this leads to trouble. But more importantly, when you're a guy, you're just hitting your stride and reaching the pinnacle of sex appeal that you're going to have to women at age 35, at age 36, 
That is the time. If you're on your game, that is the time you will be the sexiest and can have your pick of the litter. Don't piss that away by getting married early. Because what happens then? You know, you get these guys that got married at 26, 28 or so, and then they realize late into their 30s, oh man, I could have had a better life. I could have had any woman I wanted. I could have had multiple women. I could have been living a life like Andrew Tate, Hugh Hefner, Mike Rashid. Or you got guys that get married early and what happens is years go by and they stay married when they're not truly happy in a marriage that is not satisfying them as much as it did in the first few months. But they keep up with it all for the sake of appearances or for the sake of their kids, the mental well-being of the kids because it really devastates kids when parents get divorced. Or worse, they get divorced and experience how expensive that is early on in life when they can't afford expensive items that are pleasant, let alone this unpleasant one. But suppose none of the bad stuff happened. Suppose you got married and you remained compatible. It was a match made in heaven. Suppose you met on eHarmony or any website like that when the formula actually worked. And to make this uh, fantasy land, make this dream land we're in even more fantastic, the women actually respond to your messages she notices your message. It's not buried under the millions of messages from losers and simps that she gets left and right. So suppose you were right for each other all along. What are the financial effects of this early marriage? Here's the cycle that you're going to run into. First, you'll get married, you'll move in together, or maybe you don't get married, but you just move in together. The combination of all your shit creates a scarcity of space. And then you as a couple decide a bigger place is needed. You take out a mortgage on a house, and more space means you need more stuff to fill the emptiness, so you buy more furniture and more shit on credit cards. Then the wife starts shitting out babies, and your little sedan ain't gonna carry you very far, or if you were driving a sports car, you gotta get rid of that, you can't have something with two doors anymore, now you gotta go get a minivan, so you finance a minivan, and then you end up struggling for the rest of your life with all the bills, stashing savings away for your children's college funds, stashing away to pay for the mortgage, to pay for the car you financed, all the other bills coming through. Let's not forget the fact that kids have to be dressed, kids have to be fed, kids have to have activities, they have to have fun. You're going to need to be paying for all of this stuff. No, they also got medical costs as well. And don't forget, none of those costs stop for you just because you have kids to pay for now. So you got all these costs that you're racking up. That's all you're doing with this. You're just racking up more and more costs. And then you end up with nothing for your own retirement, for your own financial freedom, for your own fun and enjoyment. This is how money becomes the subject of so many marital fights. They move in together to a one-bedroom apartment thinking that Two can live as cheaply as one because there are two incomes paying for a one-bedroom unit. But here's the dilemma that you run into is that you're, you're cramming all your possessions into one tiny little place and realize you need a bigger place. And then we go through this whole cycle. But here's another thing that you as the man are going to run into. You think, well, we got two incomes coming into a one-bedroom apartment. That means we should be able to get ahead because... One of us will be able to save our income, and the other uh, one of us can pay the bills. And man, we're going to really get ahead and be able to retire early. That never happens. All right, here's what happens. You, the man, pay the bills. You pay the bills, but what does she do with her income? Does she save it? No, she does not. What she does is she says, Oh, I got my man paying my bills for me now and paying for my living existence. Now I can take all this money that I am earning at my job and go spend it on all sorts of shit 
just for me, go out with my girlfriends, go have uh, fun, get a nicer car, let me go rack up some more bills and go shopping, I'm gonna fill that little one-bedroom apartment with shit while the man pays for it all. That's what happens. You guys don't want to admit it, especially the guys that are living this reality right now. You don't want to admit it, but it is truly what happens. Or sometimes what she does is since you're paying for things, she works less or takes a lower paying job. I mean, she probably has a lower paying job already because that's generally what women choose is to be teachers and social workers and people that don't make a lot of money in these make work, fake work jobs. But you, the man, will be responsible for all the bills. He's going to rely on you to foot the bill for everything. She's not going to help you with it. She's not going to save her income because here's all the proof you need. This isn't me trying to say, oh, women are just bad with money, so don't ever trust them with anything. This is just the empirical data that exists. It comes from Morgan Stanley, the whole rise of the she economy report that they did here. This is the data. If you disagree with this, then you must be a science denier. Because we can track with precision who's making the spending transactions with credit cards. We can track with precision who spends the money, who spends the most money. And here's what the data says. Because Visa and MasterCard did these studies here as well. Women are doing all the spending. They are doing all of the household spending decisions. They are the ones making the large purchases. And even while worldwide women are earning $18 trillion, they are spending $30 trillion. Where's that money coming from? If they're not earning it, where are they getting it? They're getting it from their man, from their husband, from their boyfriend. They are just money spenders. And I'm not saying that to shit on them and be like, oh, they're parasites. It's not to say that, all right? I understand 100% that a girlfriend is a luxury and in a lot of cases can also be a liability that's going to cost me. I'm not going to hold that against her and be angry at her and say, oh, you bitch, you're costing me all this damn money, you filthy parasite. No, I'm just not going to get into that situation because I know what the situation is before I get into it is that a live-in girlfriend, a marriage, a wife, is an additional expense. I want you guys to know that beforehand. Just know that it is an expense. If you're gonna do it, you have to be prepared to take on that extra expense. Because once you start taking out the mortgage and then financing a minivan and having kids on the way to pay for, now you're in the rat race. You got two liabilities, a house and a car, and you're thinking that they're assets. But then you also got living liabilities with a wife and kids, thinking that those are assets. Because even if she's working, she's got to take time off to birth the kids. All right, she can't give birth on the job. Who's going to pay for her? Who's going to support her? You are, and you should, because that's your responsibility as a husband. You're going to have to pay for it. And those kids, they're going to be your responsibility as a father as well. You should have to pay for it, and you will have to pay for it. Otherwise, you're a piece of trash that's causing the downfall of society. Because I'll tell you what, all this trouble that we have in the world today, almost every single problem I find out there with crime, with welfare abuse, with government financial irresponsibility with corruption. The way I see it is uh, it all traces back to unwanted children. So please don't be a scumbag 
that produces unwanted children that you won't pay for. So you got living liabilities now, and you're thinking that they're assets. I've heard guys say to me, oh, but oh, my kids are assets because uh, they're going to keep me out of the nursing home, and then I won't be a burden on society. No, your kids are not going to keep you out of the nursing home. And you know what? If you hate your kids... Well, then you should make them do that then. Because if you're relying on your kids for long-term care, you must really hate your kids. Because you're going to cost them a fortune when it comes to their earnings potential. When they got to take time off work to take care of your infirm ass, you're going to cost them retirement benefits because they're not out there working and earning them because they got to stay home and take care of your infirm ass. And on top of that, what kind of scumbag, what kind of a cruel, hate-filled parent with seething loathing and contempt for their child is going to ask them to change their diaper. You really want your kids to change your diaper? Only someone that hates their kids would do that. They got these liabilities combining with mortgage, car payments, credit cards, electricity bills, water bills, maintenance, child care expenses, and possibly leftover student loans. You barely got enough to save for your kids' college, let alone saving for yourself. You got to understand what you're getting into. I see these people that get married and do a whole marriage thing, not because they can afford to or are in a position to, but they do it just because, oh, I'm, I'm 27 years old, I'm supposed to do this right now. Oh, I should be doing this. I'm entitled to be doing this. There was one couple that came into my office. I got married at 27, and that's what they did. They went on an expensive honeymoon, not because they could afford it, but they did it just because they were thinking, oh, yeah, I should be doing this. I'm entitled to do this right now. No, you are not. You must understand there are sacrifices and financial liabilities that you must take responsibility for before you get into this. I can't believe that I would get run up the flagpole for something like this, because I posted this once on social media way back when I was on social media, like, why are you idiots doing this to your lives? And everybody kept saying, oh my god, I can't believe how bitter you are. You're so mean that you would tell people they shouldn't get married. That they shouldn't have kids. Kids are a wonderful blessing. And you are telling people that these are liabilities. What I am telling people is that you should do these things responsibly. What I am telling people is that if you love your wife, you wait until you're financially responsible enough to make her your wife. You wait until you're in a good enough position for her to hold that title. If you love your kids, you put yourself in a better position right now before you have them. Because if you don't, then you do not love your kids. If you are financially unstable and your wife is shitting out babies, you do not love your wife, you do not love your kids. That is it. That is 100% the truth. That isn't some, ooh, you're just a bitter misanthrope. No, that is 100% the truth. If you do not have the means to pay for your family, then you do not love your family. You loved the sex and the status, and the appearance of having a family, more so than the actual obligation of having a family. But people just want to have their moments, especially the wedding. There's this overwhelming temptation at a young age that it, they give into it all the time here, that they need to have this big, impressive wedding. Like the bride is using it to take pictures of so she can post them on Facebook to serve as a giant middle finger to her frenemies. I'll tell you what, the fancier the wedding and the more lavish the couple makes it and the less people they are able to invite, they have less witnesses to hold them accountable in the future and that makes divorce 
seem like a less shameful option later on that makes divorce more likely. So if you are going to get married, if you're going to be stupid, then uh, be less stupid and spend less money on the wedding, but invite more people. But here's what else I'll tell you about this here is that you want to view life like this here. A financial mistake when you're single doesn't hurt anyone except you. But when you're married, it hurts others, and it can cause more than just money problems, especially if you started a family. But the longer you wait to explore the marketplace, the mating market, or even the marriage marketplace, the better the options are that you'll find available to you, because you're going to have more life experience, more emotional maturity, financial stability, and overall having your shit together. It just makes you more attractive to women, and particularly with the ones that you find most attractive. If you're a frustrated male in your 20s that's not getting the results that you want with women in your life, the answer to your problems is wait. Just wait. When you're in your 30s, it'll be a whole different world that you're living now. That being said, this isn't me saying don't ever get into a relationship with a woman or never get married even. The point of all this here is to help you understand and recognize the risks that come along with it. Not only the financial, but the emotional risks as well. When you depend on one woman to be your sole source of female intimacy. The social imperatives are saying marriage is a mandate, but they say nothing as to why or even how to stay happily paired up with her. And we can't guard against all the dangers because even the most ironclad prenuptial agreement doesn't insure you against the risk of pursuing this. But there's one thing that you can do to at least save yourself financially to reduce this risk here, and that's marry somebody who has the same views about money as you. And how are you going to verify that, though? I mean, she may say she's committed to stay in shape now, but five months into the relationship, she cancels her gym membership for a Netflix subscription and Grubhub. Well, the answer here is what you're going to do is a blind test. See, during my days as a financial advisor, and I was working out of an office, I had a client of mine that was looking to get married. No matter what their gender was, whether they were male or female, I'd insist on having a joint appointment with both of them, both of the people that are engaged. And on that appointment, I separate them into two different rooms, and I give them both the following quiz on paper. And they write their answers out here. Here's the quiz. And you guys listening at home, you do this too. Write your answers out to this if you're thinking about getting married or getting into a relationship or living with a woman. Do this exact same exercise. The first part of the quiz, list out all your debts. Specify the type of debt, the name of the creditor, the term of the loan, the amount owed, the interest rate, and minimum monthly payment. Have you ever missed a payment? Are you behind on any payments? If so, explain. Three, have you ever been turned down for credit? Four, has a creditor ever called you? If yes, provide details of the occasion. Five, what is your annual income? Six, do you plan to work full-time until retirement age? If not, why? Seven, do you expect your partner to work full-time until retirement? Eight, what percentage of the family's total income do you expect to contribute? Nine, which of the two will be responsible for paying the bills each month? Ten, how much of your income are you willing to devote to the household's monthly bills? List this both in terms of dollars and percentage. Eleven, how much of your partner's income should your partner contribute to the household's monthly bills? List this in terms of dollars and percentages. Twelve, how much of your income are you willing to place into savings and investments? Thirteen, how much of your partner's income should your partner be willing to place into savings and investments? Fourteen, how much credit card debt do you believe is acceptable? 15. Will you be willing to use your income and assets to pay the debts that your partner accumulated prior to the marriage? If so, what percentage of your partner's debts are you willing to pay? 16. Should you or your partner use their income and assets to pay off debts that you accumulated prior to the marriage? If so, 
What percentage? 17. Do you plan to maintain a bank account in your name alone? 18. Does it matter to you if your partner maintains a bank account in their name only? 19. Do you believe that the two of you should have a joint checking account? 20. How many children do you want to have? 21. Ideally, when do you want to have your first child? 22. When the first child is born... Will one of you leave the workforce to become a full-time parent? If so, which one of you and for how long? 23. Are you willing to relocate to another city? 24. What would be your reason for relocation? 25. If given an unexpected bonus, tax refund, an inheritance, or some other sort of surprise money, what amount would it need to be for you to believe that you should tell your partner? 26. If your partner received an unexpected surprise money, what amount would you need it to be for you to believe that they should tell you about it. 27. Final question. What would you do with that unexpected surprise money? And after they finished writing out their 27 questions, when I was doing this with my clients at the office, I'd collect their quizzes, and I'd switch them over. I gave her quiz to him, and his quiz to her. If you're looking to get married, I encourage you to do the exact same thing, exact same exercise with the exact same questions. Because when I was doing this, every client thanked me for it. Even when they decided not to get married because of it. Both parties thanked me because it allowed them to get straight, truthful answers to questions they'd otherwise never ask each other. There just isn't a tactful way to ask your partner these questions. Thus, it really helped them that I was the asshole asking them. So, you asked, how do you do this tactfully? Here's how you do it. What you do is you blame me. You blame your financial advisor. You say, hey, my my family's uh, financial advisor, Mr. Copeland, said... We need to do this quiz. Well, really, my family says we need to listen to them, otherwise they won't pay for their share of the wedding. Or if you're moving in with a woman, you say, hey, my financial advisor says I need to do this quiz, or else he's going to drop me as a client, and he's really helped me out a lot in the past. He's really saved my butt several times here. He's a huge asset to my life. So we got to do this quiz here before we move in together. And if you think that they won't go along with it, or if you think that they won't buy that, then just embrace the discomfort and tell them that you are insisting they take the quiz. A few minutes of discomfort is better than a life of misery caused by marrying the wrong person. And if they refuse to take the quiz, then don't marry them, don't cohabitate with them, don't get into a relationship with them. And that is it for us today. I hope this has been helpful. So all the other guys listening, if you got something that is on your mind like this fella did here. Something that has your spider sense tingling or something that has you saying, oh man, I'm afraid that maybe this could really fuck up my life. Or there's just some aspect of your life where you're not getting the results that you want. Send me an email at cairo at reinventideal.com. That's cairo at reinventideal.com. And please remember that the bull gets blocked right here because I am my brother's keeper and I got your back. Thank you for listening to Reinvent Ideal with Cairo Copeland, your weekly red pill prescription. See more at reinventideal.com. Reinvent Ideal, what to do when you're depressed and no one cares because you're not a chick. Are you a man with a limited social life or has a limited amount of fun in his life? Does it bother you that there are only a few people that you can call real friends? Do you wake up next to a woman you don't love and doesn't love you back? Are you trapped in a job you hate because you have a wife and kids to pay for? Or are you just afraid of becoming this guy? If so, this book is for you. Who should read? Men who are tired of constantly giving to make others happy while no one does the same for you. Afraid that your social life will evaporate if they stop putting the effort to keep it alive. 
When you're in relationships, but your relationships are often marred with drama. And for men who are also tired of the advice, happy wife, happy life, because it doesn't work. Many guys wish their lives turned out to be like Kevin Hart's character from The Wedding Ringer, but many of them end up like Kevin Spacey in American Beauty, at best, or like Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, at worst. What went wrong in their lives? How do you fix it? How do you prevent it? This book is the missing manual to life as a male. What if the advice you're told on how to live your life is outdated and will only make you miserable? Things like go to school, get good grades so you can get a good job, so you can attract a quality woman, so you can marry her and have kids and climb the corporate ladder. Despite the evidence that this advice doesn't work, it still gets pushed as the ideal to strive for. It's time to reinvent what is the ideal life for a male. So in this book you will discover how to improve or get out of a loveless relationship with an unpleasant woman. Rid yourself of the pressures to follow the expected script of your life to get married and sacrifice your dreams for a woman. Instantly become content with your life just by thinking. Become the type of man that both women are attracted to and the world favors and rewards. Find a purpose and reason to endure the difficulties of life. Create the inner strength that prevents you from being a pushover. Take shortcuts to confidence. Overcome mental blocks to your own happiness, most of which you don't even know are there. Get the most out of being male at reinventideal.com slash ideal. That's reinventideal.com slash ideal.